Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Three, two, one. It's the Radio God Mike Prince. Welcome to another episode here on the Open Mic Broadcast Network. We have on the Brazos Valley Schools Credit Union Hotline. Young man who needs no introduction. His name is in neon lights in Houston and all <laughs> over Jackson, Mississippi. I present the sum and introduce the others. None other than the great one himself, Brother Charles Bishop. How you doing, my man? How you doing, Dr. Prince? It is great to be back on my, my first home, the Open Mic Broadcast Network. Well, it's great to have you back. And they say we always keep the light on. And regardless of what the old saying is, you can always come back home. Yes, well, indeed. You guys have definitely been busy. You've been doing uh, great work. If I'm not mistaken, it's Tiger Talk. And it's the 1400 Club, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is okay. a... Uh, a podcast that, that focuses on Jackson State athletics, and and what we try to do with that podcast is we try to bridge this new generation with the older generation in terms of talking uh, Jackson State athletics. And uh, uh, so far, so good. We've really been able to turn out a lot of great episodes. Got a lot of great feedback thus far. Yes, sir. You always keep on the grind and keep that balance, blending the old with the new, and that way everyone stays relevant and a part of an ever-moving organism. So great job that you guys are doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No doubt about it. Really appreciate that. Well, let's get to the matter at hand here. My Mm -hmm. phone inbox and emails and direct messages on social media have been blowing up. And I said, but I'm going to go to someone whose finger is truly on the post. There has been a lot of moving and grooving at your beloved JSUV I love. And, Mm -hmm. of course, uh, the the removal of John Hendrick, to some was a surprise. Those that are close kind of saw this coming. And I guess you could actually attribute this the virus itself, because if there had not been the case of a virus, he would have had a chance to at least prove himself for yet another extension and a possible longer-term contract. But with the situation as it unfolded, it is what it is. Yeah, I think you touched on it. Uh, The situation as it unfolded, uh, Vice President of Collegiate Athletics, Ashley Robinson, decided to uh, make the move now and uh, go forward from here. And I, and I want to say about John Hendrick, uh, a great guy, a great coach. Uh, uh, he really uh, endeared himself to the Jackson State faithful. But uh, as you well know, uh, Dr. Prince, uh, this is the business they, they, that they've chosen, uh, to borrow a line from Godfather too. And uh, it is what it is. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, you have to take advantage of the opportunities of any given situation. You can't 
rely on excuses or even bad circumstances. It just is what it is. But when you look at the dynamics, I, I saw this as a way of looking at things beyond the normal surface of looking at things. We know that the projections are for spring football to pick up starting February 27th. And Mm -hmm. from looking at the tea leaves, and I could be totally wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'll accept that, but I think I might be right. You don't make this kind of move if you don't have a strong enough sense that you're going to be playing in the spring because this is going to be a short time to get anybody, and we'll get to that part in a little bit, that can come in and have an immediate impact. Oh, no doubt about it. I, I think you uh, sort of uh, take a look at it, and, and you are uh, definitely uh, strategizing uh, in terms of playing in the spring, and, and you're making, uh, quote, unquote, a strategic move here uh, to go forward with where you think your program should be. So uh, you hit the nail right on the head with that. Okay. So uh, with that being said, um, the obvious internal choice would have been that of T.C. Taylor, the good son on staff, has had some some success as the O.C. And some would say not just yet, maybe a little bit more seasoning to really put him in that front row. What do you see about the potentials of T.C. Taylor being the chosen one at this moment? Well, I will say this about T.C. Uh, uh, the, the two uh, assistant coaches that they retained on the staff, uh, they are undoubtedly, uh, both of them, are, are, uh, Otis Ridley and T.C. Taylor, they're both uh, head coaches uh, in due time. And I tell you what, uh, T.C., they're both uh, tremendously meticulous individuals, and uh, should they ever be tapped on the shoulder, they will be excellent choices. And I think that's stoking some of the excitement around the Jackson State faithful right now in terms of uh, that type of individual being out there. Okay. Now, you said that stoking the JSU faithful. Yeah, it might be TC and crew, but the name that's really got people really excited is none other than Deion Sanders. Uh, Rumors, I guess if you want to say rumors, but the talk of the town, the underground network, whichever label you want to put on it, has it almost as a slam dunk that Dion is to be the next head football coach at Jackson State. A, what are you getting on that topic? And then B, how do you feel about that? You, you know, I, I've read the reports, and I'll be honest, uh, Dr. Prince, I, I just have not allowed – my mind to even uh, wrap itself around that that possibility, uh, <laughs> um, and I I was kind of honestly taken aback by it. Uh, but the rumors are what they are, so I, I don't you know know uh, what may happen with that. But I honestly I I guess I've always the my I personally kind of take a look at things from uh, a standpoint of the the, the hot people that are. Uh, out there, uh, and you're always kind of 
uh, taking the temperature. You want to be able to be that institution that's able to tap their next Willie Simmons, that's able to tap their next, you know, Rod Broadway, going from North, uh, North Carolina Central to Gramlin, or, or even going back, you know, to tap your next Pete Richardson, going from Winston-Salem State to uh, Southern. So I honestly, I, I've, I've looked at the rumors, I've heard the rumors, and I, honestly, right now, I still kind of giggle at them, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the Brazos Valley Schools Credit Union hotline with none other than Charles Bishop. Um, inside analysis of not only this JSU sports, but HBCU sports as a whole. And um, we're, we're talking about the Dion impact right about now. And as you say, it does one thing. It does create um, a bunch of topics, sideline topics, whether you want them or not, about JSU. And that's part of keeping the name fresh. From outside looking in, and I know I'm on record, you guys call me the old ogre, you know, but but I can see it, but as you, I'm, the Missouri in me shows up like, eh, right. you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But then, then there's also a side of respect and adoration that I have for the conference that it would almost, and I'm going to use this very loosely, appear to be a slap in the face to inherit someone like that, or should I say bring someone into the fold, leapfrogging over those who've already served time. Well, and I understand the reservation. I would understand the reservation for anybody for a name like that, but I think in some broader aspect, you kind of have to take a 30,000-foot view of you know, what an individual like that could possibly bring to a program. Uh, and, you know, I, I, you just kind of take a look at the, just from the marketing aspect, the branding aspect of, of everybody wanting to see uh, an individual like a name of, of Deion Sanders. But uh, like I said, uh, Dr. Perez, I, I, I just kind of look at it and I'm just a little more practical. I'm, I'm, I'm personally looking for my, <laughs> my next whomever that person might be, that my next Rod Broadway, my next Pete Richardson, proven individuals who've gone out there and they've got it done, uh, you know, head coaches somewhere else, or even, you know, we, we've seen the hot assistant coach within the conference uh, come in and make impacts. And, you know, one thing we know about Ashley Robinson, you know, he, he goes out there, and if he sets his sight on the person he wants, he goes out there and gets it. So I, I think that is the, uh, the, the thing that we have to take a look at, that that's probably stoking a, quite a bit of the excitement around the Jackson State faithful. Absolutely. And one thing that I do know and understand about uh, Ashley Robinson as well, you don't get rid of Hendrick unless you already got some very uh, uh, legitimate – and bona fide replacements because of the timing of everything. So to me, as once I go to referring to reading the tea leaves, he's got a very short list of who's going to be. He has who he wants, and he has who would be acceptable if who he wants falls through the cracks. Uh, no doubt about it. I, I think uh, uh, to your point, uh, I, I don't have any doubt that there is uh, – uh, sort of a, a strategic sort of look at where he wants 
this Jackson State football program to be uh, as uh, one of the traditional bellwether programs within the SWAC. And we both know uh, Ashley Robinson to be an individual. He burns to make sure that uh, the hires are the hires, the hires are right, if you will, uh, because he, he likes to win. He loves to see a winner out there, and we've seen him stalk the sidelines. He, he, he is, uh, you know, he wears it on his sleeve. So I think that's some of what really makes uh, a lot of Jackson State faithful really excited in terms of, of uh, his homework, if you will, and going at looking at who is the right person for this Jackson State program. Right. And, of course, throughout recent history, the name that would always come at least to the front of the line whenever a Jackson State football position comes to the front has to be Jerry Mack. Jerry Mack, of course, at Rice University, in FBS ranking, still getting acclimated to Rice and the scheme that they're trying to get together. But from sources that I'm connected to, Rice is saying he wants to try to weather the storm yet a while longer instead of leaving to come to Jackson State. Then, obviously, candidate number two. Now, this is just Prince 101. Now, be sure to let me, you know, know what you're going to think once I lay out mine. Mm -hmm. The next one would be, of course, the Deion Sanders factor. And then three, you could never go wrong we're going with the likes of those that you already have in-house. Right. Uh, and and I, I would say this, uh, just uh, me looking at it from afar, uh, what they have in-house is more than enough for what I think uh, where I think this program can go. Like I said, I'm tremendously impressed by both T.C. Taylor and uh, Coach Otis Riley, who's the offensive line coach. Uh, these guys are literally head coaches in waiting in terms of the meticulous preparation that they do and their recruiting efforts. They are really uh, uh, not just uh, HBCU guys, but they are uh, right now, I'll say this as assistant coach, they are Jackson State guys through and through. So uh, I think what they have in-house is more than enough. I've heard uh, the Jerry Mag rumors, uh, there have been, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Prince, I'm filled in all sorts of texts and calls. People have mentioned to me Damon Wilson uh, up uh, at Bowie State. Uh, just there have been a plethora of names. And I'm, I'm you know, just kind of looking at it from a standpoint of I, I trust Ashley Robinson to do his homework and to do what he needs to do to get Jackson State to where they want to be. Because this is uh, one of the more unique fan bases in the sweat. You know, they love their Jackson State football. Even in the, with the recent downturn uh, in terms of the wins and losses, this is a fan base that really continues to show up. They do not share that sort of uh, love, if you will, with any other program. You know, sometimes we take a look at it, Dr. Prince, where, you know, people uh, have their, uh, their school and their, the flagship school uh, of the state. But this Jackson State fan base, they are a to the, uh, very hardcore Jackson State fan base, and uh, it is, one of the, I think, one of the more unique fan bases, not just in the swag, but then all of HBCU football. Oh, no doubt about it. A very proud, historic fan base, and deservedly so with the success that they've had. And um, I, I throw another name in there that has actually been floating around, and you might get a kick out of this. There's even talking about 
uh, possible reuniting of Shotgun Willie Simmons and Ashley at JSU. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. So, like I said, they're all over the place. No yeah, doubt about yeah. it. So, mm-hmm. when you talk about the legacy of JSU, and I know you're going to cringe when I say this, but, you know, until it changes, it is what it is. There's that looming curse, better known as the comedy curse, that has been <laughs> happening with JSU. And I know that's a thorn in the side, but it almost, uh, if you didn't know any better, would have some truth to it. Well, you know, Dr. Prince, make no mistake about it. Uh, since uh, Coach Rick Comedy was let go, uh, this program has struggled to get back to the success that he brought to Jackson State. There, there's no two ways about that. Uh, and, and I can understand how people kind of refer to it as the comedy curse. I think uh, Jackson State along the way, they've made some strategic errors uh, in terms of uh, uh, recruiting strategy and in terms of some of the hires. But, you, you know, you, ha- you learn to live with it. And like you said, until it turns around, you are what your record says it is. All right. We're on the Brazos Valley Schools Credit Union hotline with Mr. Charles Bishop, soon to be Dr. Charles Bishop. I understand you're working on your doctorials. And uh, keep pushing, brother, to the sky. Yes, sir. Because it's going to always be a good thing. What i got to do, Charles, if you don't mind, i got to pause real quickly to take a break, and we'll be right back to talk more JSU athletics right here at the Open Mic Broadcast Network. Can you sit there with me through this break, sir? Yes, sir. We'll do. All right. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Mike Prince Show special edition with Mr. Soon-to-be Dr. Charles Bishop on the line with us on the Brazos Valley Schools Credit Union hotline talking about JSU. And before the break, we talked about that unspeakable curse of the comedy curse. But I'm going to, to put it out there with the new addition coming to the SWAC. 2021, Bethune-Cookman, fam, you. With the latest move of Alcorn being assigned to the West, mm-hmm. okay, we knew that logically by geographical purposes it would make sense, but then, you know, you go some other checks and balances where you said, well, they might keep them in for defending of the honor. Now, I've been hearing the term floating around of uh, equality, uh, competitive equality, and take it for what you want. And no disrespect to Alcorn, Alcorn has had much success on the gridiron, but they've really been a one one trick pony. That's mm. that's where their all their eggs have been. When you look at the new look East, do you feel more pressure now on those who remain, or the likes of a Bethune? And a fam, because let's be honest, a lot of people say, "Well, you just gave the East over to fam," but mm-hmm. then Bethune to be saying, "Not so fast," because right. we've had fam's number for the exactly. past nine consecutive years. Mm-hmm. But then all the talk has been predicated on fam, and it's like, "Oh, the rest of you all just kind of get in where you fit in." As a fan base, I know that doesn't set well with you, but from your analytical perspective, how do you see this new look East? It's going to be extremely competitive. I mean, when you take a look at uh, Florida A&M, uh, their success uh, in the MEAC, 
and you take a look at Bethune Cookman's success against Florida A&M, uh, you're talking about two championship uh, pedigreed programs that is na- that are now joining the SWAC East. Uh, and you continue to kind of take a look at the SWAC East. I tell you what, Alabama A&M on paper this upcoming season uh, with their quarterback Aquil Glass and 2,000 yard receivers, uh, they're going to be formidable. Alabama State is going to always be in the mix. Coach Donald Hill, Ely, I, I think they're a team that's going to get better. I think the pressure, quite honestly, uh, has ratcheted up immensely uh, with, with the addition of Florida A&M and Bethune Cookman. But to, just to be real honest, uh, uh, you've got to go into this spring football season or this this, this 2021 uh, calendar year ready to go. I mean, I, I'm so excited to really – uh, get to the spring. Hopefully, we we, we actually uh, get a chance to p- play a little football. But just to get into this 2021 calendar year, uh, this is going to be awesome uh, to look at this new configured uh, swag. Yes, and w- when I look at this thing, and I know we all get excited to look at it from a football angle only, but when you look at the overall uh, integrity, what each program brings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be some work to be done. And, and and I'm going to be on record. I've been on record for stating it, so I'll state it again. If you see it private, you can see it publicly. For the most part, a lot of our institutions, a lot of our institutions have been underachieving. Mm-hmm. Underachieving. And something is going to have to give, whether we change our philosophy and approach to how we're operating. And it's been proven that money is not the cure-all to getting these programs back on course. Because when you look at what Alcorn has done, even though it's been in one particular sport, they've had the second lowest budget throughout the conference. Jackson State, slightly above them. But then when you look in the upper echelons as far as budget dollars are being spent, and a lot mm-hmm. of people are gauging the success on what? Football. Right, right. When you, when you look at these underachievers, and I'll start off with my own beloved Panthers, Prairie View A&M University, Texas Southern, Alabama State, have underachieved on the gridiron. Mm-hmm. And until that changes, it's almost like a sleight of hand. Because if you look at the overall body of work, the most successful athletic program for the past 10 years, people are going to laugh when I say this, has really been Alabama State. Alabama State, right, exactly, exactly, with the with what they've done across the board and being able to, to consistently win the Commissioner's Cup. And, and Dr. Prince, it, it goes back to uh, you talking about the pressure and, and kind of the theme of what we're looking at here. It is pressure to get these hires right. So I, I I definitely don't want to be uh, in Ashley Robinson's shoes right now because the pressure on each of these uh, ADs to make sure that they're looking across the board at, at all of their hires, not just football, but like basketball, baseball, softball, the, the entire gamut of your sports program because everybody's fan base – uh, wants to be able to take a look at you know at, uh, at their entire sports program and really uh, be proud of the entire gamut of of the sports offered. So uh, you know I, I I I hear you on that you know in terms of uh, these some of these teams really kind of uh, under underachieving. 
Yes, sir. And with that being said, we're going to go and look into the crystal ball. Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to be hard for you, but I need you to give me your preseason top orders or from top to bottom in the east and the west of the new look Southwestern Athletic Conference. And the clock is running. Uh, no doubt about it. I think you have to take a look at uh, Alabama A&M in the SWAC East. They are, uh, I think, an up-and-coming uh, program uh, with a quill glass, Connell Maynard, at the head of that program, uh, 2,000 yards re- receivers. Uh, they're going to be really exciting uh, to watch. Uh, Florida A&M coming back, they, they, they have a new quarterback coming in, so I think there will be a little bit of an adjustment. But uh, this is a team that knocked off. North Carolina A&T, and it, that, that, for me, opens my eyes. So I think you have to put Florida A&M immediately in the mix. Uh, Alabama State was a team uh, that, that, that gave uh, uh, quite a few teams all that they could handle last year. So, and, and Jackson State, I think, is honestly, they, their talent has improved, especially on the offensive side of the ball uh, with Jalen Jones. And they uh, have uh, three uh, running backs who at – at one point, uh, each of them had rushed for over 100 yards uh, in a particular game last year. So offensively, they've come around. So I would take a look at the SWAC East right now, and for me, it would be uh, probably Alabama A&M, Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman. I-, I didn't even mention them. They should be right there in the mix as well. And uh, Jackson State and Alabama State fighting to get through kind of uh, FAMU and Alabama A&M. On the SWAC West side of the ball, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. I think Alcorn comes in as the team to knock off in the SWAC West. Uh, they have solved uh, whatever this thing is. You talk about the comedy curse. I don't know what this curse is that they have over Southern, but I would immediately put them over Southern. And until Gramlin, I think, figures things out at the quarterback position, uh, I would still put Alcorn there uh, in, in front of them, although I know Gramlin has had success against Alcorn, but I think Alcorn still with what they bring back, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, the reigning SWAC offensive player of the year, uh, they are just going to be a, a, a tough, tough team to really deal with in SWAC with. Wow. You got it. Alcorn from the West, Alabama A&M from the East, your potential SWAC championship game for 2021. Is that what I'm hearing, sir? Uh, right now, as of right now, that is what I uh, kind of see from the, from my analyst perspective. So uh, yes, I know I'm going to turn a few heads with that, but I really, uh, from an offensive standpoint, I really like Alabama A&M going into this upcoming season. Uh, they uh, have the look of a real scary football team. And until Alcorn is knocked off, Alcorn is still Alcorn. So. It is what it is. (laughs) It is what it is. And I'm going to make another note here that teams that you didn't even bother to bring up, Mississippi Valley, Prairie View A&M University, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Texas Southern, a lot of work to be done in those camps, sir? Uh, Not as much as one would think. Uh, I think we saw early on, especially with a team like uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, with their two-quarterback system, they gave – teams fit, and I think injuries kind of hurt them as the year wore on, but we saw uh, early season victories against Tennessee State, so uh, they are bringing quite a big back, 
uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think Arkansas Pine Bluff is going to be really tough. You take a look at a team like Prairie View, I think that they have maybe nine defensive starters coming back. So the defense, I think, is going to be uh, one to watch this upcoming season for Prairie View. And what can they do on the offensive side of the ball? Well, we know Eric Dooley is going to throw the ball around a little bit. They're going to score some points. They as well would be an extremely tough team. And watch this. Texas Southern, I think they are on the cusp of really making some strides this upcoming season. I think there was maybe uh, four, maybe five games where they lost uh, really just hard luck losses, losses in the single digits. So uh, Texas Southern, although their record didn't show it, they were actually, and it sounds weird to say, but a much better team uh, than what their record shows. I think there is some talent there. I think they've made some strides, especially – with regards to recruiting. So it's going to be a fun sort of calendar year 21 because I think uh, teams across the board have made a lot of strides. They're bringing back a lot. Now you have the extra year of eligibility to bring uh, individuals back uh, who I think stood out for you, if you will, for your team. So this is going to I, – I can't say it enough, Dr. Prince, uh, the year, calendar year 2021 – if we get past this corona, man, I, I just need us to really mask up and do all the things that we need to do to get back to some normalcy because I think this is one of, going to be one of the most exciting years in terms of SWAC football. Absolutely. One last question, sir. Who do you see with the greatest potential of being your dark horse coming out of nowhere to shock the entire conference and FCS world from the Southwestern Athletic Conference in your eyes? I would say my dark horse team uh, in the SWAC East would definitely be Bethune-Cookman. Anytime you look at them, they are just a well-coached, hard-nosed, physical football team that could give anybody fits on any given day. On the SWAC West side of the ball, I I mentioned again, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, was a really uh, a, a very, very difficult team to deal with with their two-quarterback system. And they, you know, were smart enough. They just went with the hot hand, and then they have a receiver like Harry Ballard, who is an NFL prospect. So those are two teams that I could really see being dark horses in the SWAC as we go through uh, the spring that can clip a team on any given day. Well, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen, the dark horses and the projections coming from the great one himself, Brother Charles Bishop. Charles, we thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. We want to give you an opportunity to let people know how they can hear your work that you're doing with the 1400 Club and some closing thoughts and comments. No doubt about it. Well, first and foremost, you can, you can listen to me every Tuesday on uh, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook Live and as well as all your social media outlets. I also do podcasts with the 1400 Club uh, where you can catch us on Spotify uh, as well as your Google platforms uh, in terms of listening to our podcast, which uh, we normally do uh, one to two episodes a week, and we are scheduled out all the way through through, through December. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we definitely won't run out of content. So, uh, you know, I, I want to first and foremost thank everybody who, who listens and who inboxes me and uh, who really has a passion for this, for HBCU uh, athletics. I really 
really do enjoy talking it and really engaging with the fan base because you know we we love our institutions and we love talking about our institutions and there are, uh, there's not a lot of us who, who talk about HBCU athletics, so definitely a tip of the cap to all of those outlets who serve our institution. Thank you very much, sir. He is Charles Bishop, representing, of course, JSU, the I love. Thank you again for joining in with us. Thank those who have joined us on another episode of the Mike Prince Show here on the Brazos Valley Schools Credit Union Hotline. Of course, the clock on the wall tells me that that is all, and I must exit stage left. I want to thank you guys so much for joining in with us. Don't forget our social media handles for Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are all at the Mike Prince Show. The YouTube channel is the Open Mic Broadcast Network, and our 24-hour dial-in message line, 713-570-6736. I've got to go, but until the next time. You guys be blessed, and we'll see you on the other side. We're out. That was great, my how was, man. How was that, sir? Thank you. Thank that you. was Thank great, you. my man. Great. Nice and flow. I didn't want to put, put too much, but you know we ain't going to have no spring ball, right? Yeah, I know. I know. But it's, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Got to keep it going. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have to always check myself. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I hear you talking. Let me, let me hang this line. Hold on. Let me hang this other line. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.